All right, welcome to our podcast entitled Last Ones at the Bar. We're here to talk about all the important affairs this week in the sport of boxing. My name is Will Henry, and I'm accompanied by Lavelle Jackson and Daniel Lee. This week, we have a short episode for you, four topics, and um, then we'll wrap things up. Fellas, you know, it's been a nice week out here in the DMV. Um, you know, what you been up to this week? You know, how's everything been going? My week was pretty solid. Um, I was I, I was on vacation last week, so I was pretty much getting caught up from that for the for the first half of the week. Um, second half of the week was was pretty good as well. That was more so preparing for trying to knock out stuff for the weekend. So it was like, yeah, it was it was it was pretty good overall, but just a lot of routine stuff, you know. Yeah, my week week was a lot of routine stuff, but uh, you know, very busy. Um, tried to relax over the weekend and you know still have a some things to do you know mother's day weekend so oh yeah it is mother's day weekend um happy mother's day to all of the mothers uh for this episode like i said it's pretty short and sweet uh we're going to get off into these topics first thing we want to address is that canelo alvarez versus billy joe saunders fight that took place last night on the zone what do you guys think about canelo's performance last night against billy joe uh, this fight was a, a, a great psychological matchup. It was a, a great execution by Canelo. Um, if you ever want to know anything about sports psychology, this fight should teach you a lot. Uh, Canelo, I uh, saw Canelo Alvarez. He came in this fight 55-1 uh, and two draws with 37 knockouts. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders is undefeated with 38-0 with 14 knockouts. Um Canelo, he has a, a, a awesome resume. He has a, a win over uh, Golovkin, Lara, uh, Angulo, Colo, Cotto, uh, Shane Mosley, you name it. Uh, he's done a lot. Uh, he has that loss against uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. Um, and he has a the, the draw against uh, Triple G. Billy Joe Saunders actually has a respectable resume. I mean, he I mean, it wasn't like he was great, but he was actually the, the you know, the guy to beat at 168. He has a win over uh, Gary Sullivan, uh, Chris Eubank Jr., uh, early in Eubank's uh, career. Uh, he has a win over the, the you know, the gym rat Andy Lee and and also Martin Murray. So he came in this fight undefeated. Uh, a lot of people thought he would give, you know, Canelo some trouble. Um. The thing about psychology, Saunders, he it was almost like he his ring walk and everything it was like he arrived. He, it seemed like he was arrived. He was confident, kind of overconfident and cocky, and like I'm going to do this and do that to Canelo. Uh, Canelo just came in stoic and 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 focused and and teed in to, to Saunders. He said what he was going to do and stopped Saunders within eight to ten rounds. Um, but I thought Saunders that overconfidence. I think that was some you know nervousness uh even when the fight started he seemed very very you know nervous um and and you know he was trying to, to, to work his jab and, and things like that but canelo was doing a great job of invading that jab and once he did that it looks like it was just going to be a domination um something happened where uh saunders decided to take a page out of i guess tyson fury's book or something where he just started dropping his hands and using his movements and using that that ring and then move around. And it seemed like he was giving Canelo a little bit of trouble. But uh, I think also that Canelo was a lot, to an extent, was allowing him to to gain that confidence 
because so he can make sure he can open up on uh, Saunders later. Uh, Saunders was doing an excellent job of winning some of these rounds. Um, I had Saunders winning, I think, the fifth round, fifth, sixth, and seventh round. Uh, seemed like he was almost winning the eighth round. It, the interesting thing was I, I thought to myself in the eighth round, like he's kind of making Canelo look ordinary, you know. And then Canelo just, you know, timed him. And Canelo was throwing these uppercuts all night and, and these shovel hooks and uppercuts trying to connect. Um, and Billy Joe Saunders leaned over and and one of those those uh, uppercuts, it almost like it was going to go to the body where it cracked him right in his eye, broke his you know, eye socket. Well, they say that he had a broken orbital bone. And as soon as Saunders went to that corner, I, I kind of knew it was over. It, he had this look on his face like, I'm, I'm, this is it. Uh, and then, you know, of course, he didn't come out. I thought it was an excellent performance by Canelo. Even though Canelo was giving up some rounds, I thought it was a, a great execution of the show. Like, this is why I'm at the level that I'm at. Um, but, you know, if you want to learn about sports psychology and boxing, this is an excellent fight to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Good match. Good match last night. Uh, you know, you had the pound for pound, you know, creme de la creme in a sport, Canelo Alvarez versus Billy Joe Saunders out of the UK. Um, the fight played out pretty much the way I thought it was going to play out um, in terms of Canelo either getting a win by stoppage or he was just going to beat um, Billy Joe in a decision. You know, and I thought that it just get further and further separation between the two as the fight progressed. Because I just saw in previous fights how Billy Joe kind of wears down and slows down in the middle of fights. So, like I said, it plays out. It played out the way I thought it would. Um, Canelo's just stronger, sharper. I mean, he's meaner, and he just hates to lose more than his opponents. And as you said, uh, Billy Joe, he had his moments um, in the fight. I gave him two rounds um he could have won maybe another round or so but like i say canelo just landed some meaner shots in some of those um those rounds but i just never felt like billy joe had control of the fight although he had moments um that he and he looked better than a lot of canelo opponents that he's faced recently in his fight so i can see how the perception could be billy joe won you know rounds where it was closer than it actually was because I th also think that Billy Joe does a, he does a really good job of masking um, when he's fatigued. And so he got to the point where he was getting a little bit more comfortable in the fight where he's putting his hands. I've seen him do that in other fights as well. But a lot of times he does that because he's tired as well. You know, so, you know, he'll do that. And it kind of it's the fighters that he's facing may not know that he's tired. But I know that Canelo, based on his studies of Billy Joe Saunders, he knew, you know, that that was an opportunity for him, you know, to up his ante. Actually, man, I thought that Canelo had a harder time uh, with his belts after the fight than he did with Billy Joe during the fights. So I don't know if you saw him trying to put all four belts on his arms and all of that. So, yeah, it was a masterful performance by the powerful pound king. I just think that, you know, in this fight, although Billy Joe had his moments, it was just a matter of Canelo. He was taking his time to, to dissect or dissect Sanders um, and I like how he didn't really get greedy and he made all of his shots count. You know, he conserved his energy, stayed focused. You know, it's beautiful work. Um, virtuoso performance by the Pong for Pong King in boxing. 
Although I do agree, I had my scorecard differently. I actually had it 76-76 at the time of the stoppage. Um, I just thought, I mean, obviously, you know, Billy Joe Sanders looked good and, you know, pretty good overall. Um, I thought he did enough to win certain rounds. and um, But, you know, you knew that I got the sense that he wasn't truly in control. Uh, Canelo was sort of, like you said, being methodical with it. And uh, I was just like, you know, once it got to like six, seven round, I was like, all right, Canelo going to let his hands go at any point now. Uh, but he just stayed methodical. Um, like, you know, we knew that Saunders was going to come in looking to move and jab. He was still pretty effective for the most part. Um, Canelo was – just storm with bad intentions. I think he just wanted to punish him and not really throw a lot of volume because, I mean, look at the copy box. Um, you know, Canelo uh, landed 73 out of 206 out of the 73. Uh, 39 were body shots. Uh, Canelo landed 58 out of 110 power shots. So we're talking about a 53% land percentage. Saunders wasn't going to survive. If, if, if you got Canelo landing 50% of his power shots on you, you're just not going to make it. You know, um, but, you know, Sanchez held his own, relatively speaking. He had 60, he landed 60 out of 284, uh, 30 jabs and 30 power shots. Um, I would say that maybe the 22-foot ring did make a difference because it gave him more space to move, but the results still would have been the same. Um, Canelo was just patient, and and look, I I hate the way that it ended the way it did, but I wasn't mad at it. a lot of people, you know, call him a quitter, and I can kind of get it to, to, you know, to the naked eye. But to me, there's a difference between quitting mid-round and retiring on your stool due to an injury. Um, yeah, it would have been a better aesthetic for it to end in the knockout and for him to go out on his shield. But if you, but if his orbital bone is broken like they said it was, do you really want to cause more damage to that and risk ending your career or risk, you know, have having it not even just career, but having an injury that you don't even get to live a normal life from at this point, you know, like the orbital bone is serious business, not only in boxing, but in life. And so, um, and, and we know that if he would have went out in the ninth round, Canelo would have targeted them because his eye closed up instantly. So, um, I wasn't mad at the way that it ended, uh, or, or him retiring rather. Um, at the time of the stoppage, the judges had it 78, 74, two of them had it 78, 74. One of them had it 77, 75 in favor of Canelo. Um, so it's pretty safe to assume that going into the fight, like regardless of how good Saunders looked, he was going to need a knockout to win that fight. And so, um, yeah, I think that's all I got. You guys got anything else? Yeah, I got one, maybe a few things. One, you know, shout out to Cowboys Stadium, you know what I mean? Packing in 73,000 plus, you know, last night. That was good to see. Hopefully, it's no ramifications from that. You know, a lot of people get sick or whatever, but it was good to see that, you know. Um, the other thing is, as far as quitting, even before I get to that, and shout out to Canelo, man. That was a, a nice little shot. Billy Joe threw a punch, threw a right hand. Um, again, that's because he was fatigued. Like, typically, Billy Joe wouldn't leave himself vulnerable like that, but he was tired, and he threw a right hand where he was lunging forward and then Canelo just timed him perfectly with a nice shot to the, that, that eye socket. You know what I mean? And he got a little bit of that glove in there too, but it was just a nice, superb shot. And they both knew, like Canelo knew he did some damage. Then Billy Joe didn't look the same afterwards as he walked to his corner. 
But that's that's what you get when you got the powerful power king, man. The powerful power king, you know, he's precise. You know, he, he shoots out with precision, and he, he's powerful, man. He's a bad boy. I don't see Canelo losing anytime soon. I'm telling you, like right now, he is at his apex. And the reason why I say that is because the guys he's facing, they know that. He's good. Like it's not like they they're looking at him like he doesn't deserve where he is. It's like no, he is the goods. And I'm gonna tell you why I, I say that is because when Jamel Charlo said that no, I like Canelo. Canelo is 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 good. He was giving him his praise. Now that's the Charlo that is eager to fight pretty much everybody. Now if he believes that, then I'm sure his brother who isn't as prone to you know seeking out the best competition, if he's thinking that, then I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that he's thinking the same thing or even worse. You know what I mean? So he's not as, as much as we want to see Jamal with Canelo. I don't know if Jamal wants Canelo as much as the fans want to see the fight. So that's that thing. Now, as far as Billy Joe is concerned, as far as him quitting, I'm just judging him based on what he said. Now he quit based on his standards because after Daniel Dubois, um went several rounds with a broken orbital bone this is what he said this quotes he said if my two eye sockets were broken my jaw was broken my teeth were out my nose was smashed my brain was beaten i was not stopping until i was knocked out or worse i don't agree with a man taking the knee and letting the ref count him out so just based on his standards he quit i'm gonna leave it at that yeah, I don't disagree. I'm, I'm gonna just leave it. I'm gonna just leave it here. Sometimes you gotta go through it to to get it. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> None of that stuff had happened to him until it happened. And then when it happened, he was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and stay in this corner. I guess y'all be safe." Yeah, and shout out to Dubois because he didn't really, you know, come back at him last night. He just said he wished him the best, you know, be <laughs> recovery. So he kept it. He kept it uh, cordial. Yes, sir. Take the high road. Yep. But look, man. Um, you know, Canelo said he wanted to fight three, four times this year. Reasonable to assume that he's going to fight close to Mexican Independence Day, September, mid-September. Uh, where does he go from here? How do you guys see it playing out with the upcoming fights in the next, you know, year or so for him? Um, what I, I think, I think his, his um, schedule is pretty much set. You know, it's already played out because we had discussions about this before where he was going to after the Callum Smith fight that he already had Yildrum set. And then we knew that he was going to he made the announcement for Billy Joe for May 8th. And then it was kind of like that was going to be the next step would be Caleb Plant. Now, I'm not sure if that's a possibility just based on Caleb Plant's injury that he sustained in his last fight against um, Caleb Truix. So if he's healthy by that time, um, I'm sure that they can make the fight happen because I think I saw something that Caleb Plant mentioned yesterday about uh, Canelo on social media. But now, by that time, I was so tired. I was looking you know, through different stuff, and I was halfway asleep. But I think he commented about it in terms of wanting to be next. Or someone said it. Um, so that would be like the likely scenario because of the fact that Canelo wants to be undisputed at 168. That's a huge feat. You know, I'm not sure if that's ever been done before. And so that's something that he's seeking out and looking to do. 
Now, that's one avenue. Now, you know, if you're asking who I favor in that fight, I would definitely favor the cash cow. I don't see any of those guys defeating him. I think the closest thing that you will have to somebody defeating him would be as if he tried to make the next step, even though he's he uh, won a belt at 175. I think that those guys um, that he would be facing would be a taller order um, for him. So I think that that's where the competition would be in terms of if he's going to lose or somebody who could potentially beat him would be there. The funny thing about Canelo is I look at his physique and from 154 to 168, he looked the same to me. It's like I don't see him like any bigger or any smaller or, you know, no pudge or anything like that, although that's a – like 15 pound difference and he didn't even look that much different when he went up to 175 like he looked like the same guy so um yeah i think plant would be next but i think that based on you know what i've been looking at with caleb plant i don't see caleb plant doing anything with canelo it's two for two reasons one he's too inactive right what's calm is like fine tune you know with all of these fights that he's fighting fighting high level opposition and Caleb Plant last fight he had he didn't look good. I mean, as far as statistically, he did what he was supposed to do. But if you your eyeball test looking at him facing Caleb Truex, he didn't look like somebody who could be Canelo. For and a second reason, I don't think he has enough pop on his punches. I think that it's gonna be the same thing. I think he'll be successful early. And then once you get around the seventh, eighth round, is when I see Caleb Plant typically in there with his opponent. And he gives them opportunities to throw shots against them where he's kind of like doing a little shoulder roll and he's on the inside. You're not going to be able to do that with Canelo. Canelo's hitting way too hard right now. Um, and then the other option would be Triple G. And as I stated before, you put this Canelo in there who don't have to cut weight. You know, Canelo can eat as many chimichangas as he wants to. You know what I mean? He get up in that ring and he throws some serious leather at these guys, man. So I think that really... If that was the case, if it played all like that, he faced Triple G, he would be- definitely put Triple G out of his misery. That'd be the last time you saw Triple G. So those are two options, I think. I think it'd either be Triple G or Caleb Sweethands Plant coming up in September. Yeah, man. For the most part, I agree. Um, I could see him fighting Plant, um, you know, in- Plant injury notwithstanding. And then maybe Benavidez sometime next year, assuming he wins the title eliminator that he has in August. Um it is worth mentioning that Plant is a PBC fighter, and they don't often deal with Mastroom, but there's two things. One, Canelo's uh, two-mastroom deal is done after as of this fight, and so he could hypothetically do a one-fight deal with PBC to get on Fox pay-per-view real quick. And then, because, uh, you know, he's kind of, when, when he got out of that, that long zone contract, um, he basically took control of his career. So he can sign two-fight, one-fight deals, whoever he wants to f- sign with, I don't know who would turn down a Canelo deal if Canelo comes to you and say, hey, I want to sign a deal with you for one fight to fight this fighter. So, um, you know, again, although PBC doesn't also deal with Mashroom, there's that. And then, two, it's Canelo. So, you know, Al Heyman could be as as inclusive as he wants to be, but the man don't hate money. You know, you, you can't say that he hates money, so I don't think he would really create any obstacles for that fight to happen. Um. Again, Benavidez has a fight lined up at the end of August, so I doubt that that will be the fight to happen. Um, if Assuming he beats Plant this year and Benavidez next year, I don't know what would be left of him at 168. 
Um, another kind of interesting possibility, I don't know if it happens as soon, is that uh, Dimitri Bivol is with Matchroom, and he's repeatedly expressed his willingness to come down and fight uh, Canelo. And so uh, out of all the fighters that we've talked about in terms of Canelo potentially fighting, I think that's probably the most interesting matchup and the one that would give him the most challenge. Like you said, if he does end up fighting Triple G, uh, Triple G going to sleep, you know, I, I love me some Gennadievich, but um, he he going to sleep good that night. Um, but, yeah, I think I think Planet is the most likely scenario out of all of these. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, Caleb Plant is probably the obvious next opponent for Canelo. Um, and, of course, Caleb is talented, but I don't know if he's, he's ready for that Canelo. He, he better be ready um, because that's – happen uh i'm not sure if the promotional thing is going to come into play uh for the simple reason that they were you know saying caleb plant plants lame a lot promotional companies you know don't plan to put a guy in the ring with somebody they don't they don't even say their name they don't even mention them as a champion like we, we, we're seeing this you know at welterweight and other weights also you know whether it be lightweight or what have you Promotional companies won't mention a, a certain person's name, you know. So, um, but they've been mentioning Caleb Plant's name a lot uh, yesterday. So it, it, it almost made it seem like, well, Plant, the ball is in your court, um, and it may make this seem like uh, Plant was ducking Canelo or something like that. It was a weird feeling to me. Uh, maybe I was just misguided, but it seemed like they were saying, like, "Yeah, we call you out, Caleb Plant." Uh, <laughs> uh, but of course, then there's, um, of course, plants obviously is, is, is a choice. And I know we mentioned earlier on, uh, on our earlier podcast, that Canelo will take fights to prepare for certain opponents. And, and Billy Joe Saunders, it could have been, you know, in a way he's preparing for the, you know, the boxing ability of Caleb Plant. Uh, and that's why he was playing that psychological game with, um, with Saunders. Um, then there's Demetrius Boo Boo uh, Andre. Um, we saw him, you know, be vocal without being vocal yesterday with his shirt and stuff. I don't think that fight is going to happen anytime soon. I think Andre still needs a, a, an, an opponent, you know. But if if Canelo runs out of opponents, he's all, he's always there. Uh, before Canelo even go to 175, I, I think I could see him fighting a Charlo or a Benavidez. You know, I, I could see that happening. Um, of course, I, I will favor – him over both. I, I do think that both are alive against Canelo. Um, they they have some things that would work for them against a Canelo that the, the, the his previous opponents don't have. I think it's a little bit more dog in, in them. Um, but it'll be interesting to watch. Um, and then there's the Triple G. Like you guys, I think, you know, Canelo would stop Triple G uh, in a third fight. Um not 100% sure because I know we used to say that about Marquez too, that Pacquiao had stopped Marquez and we fought him again. And that third fight, it was like, oh, this is pretty equal. And then the fourth fight, <laughs> it was Pacquiao that got sleep. So it can't be sure, you know, depending on how, you know, uh, styles and how it plays out. But I do think, in my opinion, that uh, he would stop Triple G again. Um, but I, th- I think Canelo, I mean, he, he has a lot of points to choose from, in my opinion. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? Yeah, 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 yeah. A couple of things. One, that uh, as far as Pacquiao and Marquez, I, I never thought that. I always thought that those guys were just 
they can be 80, 90 years old. They, it's going to be a close fight <laughs> when they, and, you know, they rocking chairs trying to fight each other because they just, they are made for each other. The way Pacquiao fights and the way Marquez fights, that styles just mesh really well together. And it's just a matter of who's the better man at night. Um, as far as Triple, not Triple G, as far as Canelo's concerned, this would be a perfect time for him to face Caleb Plant. Um, and again, he typically does that where he preps for his opponent um, different ways, you know. And so right now, the fact that he's so fine-tuned with the amount of times he's been fighting and Plant has been basically inactive, perfect time. Because he has every all every steps, all bases covered in terms of style that Plant has. Right. And then Plant doesn't have that for Canelo. He doesn't have anything on his resume. He hasn't had any guy leading up to this point that compare prepare him for Canelo. So that's a perfect fight right now. It wouldn't really make sense unless Plant, you know, is the one who's saying that he doesn't want the Canelo fight, which would be absurd because you're never going to get a fight of this magnitude, I don't think, ever, because I don't see the next guy that comes up after Canelo that is going to 73,000 people yesterday. So anybody getting the opportunity to face Canelo, you'll probably, in a Canelo fight, make more in that fight than you will probably maybe six, seven, eight fights. So why not go ahead and take that fight and do what, um, you know, other guys do who was trying to, you know, fight. Although you face Canelo, you might end up with a broken orbital bone. You might end up with, like, your arm and stuff like that, tissues and stuff like that coming out of there. Now, you might end up, you know, having some injuries, some lingering injuries, but I think the reward outweighs the risk. You know what I mean? So, but the last thing I'm going to say is this, is that I don't see Canelo. It's not advantageous for Canelo to face somebody like an Andrade. Like, what sense do it make? Like, that don't even, it don't make sense at all. It's just a whole, now that's a risky fight without the reward. And then I can see him facing a Charlo before I see him facing Andre because of the fact that Andre's style would be a lot more difficult. But you can get more out of fighting Charlo if you fight in Texas. It'll be another huge ordeal. So I can see that happening first. The other thing that you mentioned that I really wasn't thinking about is the Benavides fight is another lucrative match because you got the um, Hispanic heritage of both. But that's all I just wanted to throw out there. Okay, moving right along, we have a, a fight coming up with two guys who fight at uh, one of the divisions that Canelo may fight at, the cash cow, um, and may be able to give Canelo some trouble. I don't think we mentioned either of these guys just now because Canelo isn't currently campaigning at 175. He, he doesn't seem to – that doesn't seem to be in his, his immediate future right now. But we have uh, a fight – that that's pretty much going to be entertaining, in my opinion. We have Alter uh, Bitterby versus Joe Smith Jr. Uh, how you guys think, see this fight playing out? Yeah, so it's worth mentioning before getting into it. This was not on box rec yet, so this is speculation that they're that they're trying to make this fight happen in the fall sometime um, as a unification for that for those belts. I believe there's there will be three belts on the line, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that said, we have better be of uh, he is 16 to no 16 knockouts, 5'11 and a half, 73 inch reach, 36 years old. Um, 
His last win was against uh, Dines in March of this year, March 20th. You got Joe Smith Jr. He just fought last month. He's 27-3, 21 knockout, 6 foot, even 76-inch reach, 31 years old. Um, he got that controversial split decision against Blasol, Um, like I said. You know, since Smith's ascension to the world-class level, he's kind of had two trends, right? And one of them is, I don't know if it's a large enough sample size to call it a trend, but he's happened to catch an older vet at the right time with Hopkins in 2016. Um, and also at the same time, when he stepped up to face the elite competition in the weight class, um, he hasn't won those fights. For example, uh, Barrera in 2017, Bivol in 2019. Now, again, he just won a controversial decision against Vlasov, who, who was uh, ranked number 10 in the, by the WBC. And, and so, you know, that said, better be, he did, he, he definitely looked human in his last fight, but he was also coming back from a two-year layoff. So you can argue it was ring arrest. Uh, so we got some interesting, you know, on paper, better be able should should beat him. But they both look a little bit uh, shaky and a little bit human in their last fights. Um, now, in a recent interview, Smith said he thinks that he has what it takes to beat better be. He has the power to match his, and, I be, and he believes he's a little bit faster. He's a better. Now, out of those claims that Joe Smith Jr. made, I agree with approximately zero of them. But I do think it'll make for an interesting fight because Smith is aggressive enough and Better Beave has shown that he is there to be hit at times and he's been dropped before. So if Smith has the power that he says he does, uh, which, you know, if he gets in there, you know, with the right shot, he could. Uh, so I give him a puncher chance in that regard. But will he have enough to catch him and hurt him? I think, you know, again, that'll be his main shot. Um, but I still give give uh give my guy beef the edge, probably like a sixty forty edge. I think this fight will be an entertaining fight, how it plays out. <laughs> It'll be a could be a, a very aggressive and bloody fight. Um I don't think Smith has a lot of tools that'll be necessary to, to beat Bitter Beef unless uh, better be, you know, he's he's getting up there in age, so a he is human, so age can become a factor. Um, uh, and if bitter be is bitter beef is not as not dialed in, the bitter be that be uh gods it, I think he's gonna, I think Smith is tailor made for that bitter be, and I think he'll pretty much stop uh Joe Smith Jr. uh probably mid to late rounds. I think he'll beat Joe Smith Jr. up pretty bad. Uh, Smith is is he's one of those. I mean, he made the most of his opportunity. Of course, he caught Bernard Hopkins at the end of his career and um, got a good win there. But I, I, I think he he's benefiting from a, a bit of luck and, and just marketability. I think people like him. They look at him as like an everyman. You know, he has a, a great story. I think that that's playing out. But do I think he's like a this, you know, uh, fighter that can actually be the man at 175? You know, I don't. I don't see that, especially uh, when there's a uh, bitter beef and we saw what happened against him in, in Bibble. So I, I think bitter beef will probably um, beat Joe Smith Jr. up if he's dialed in. It'll be entertaining though. I think Smith will have his moments because at least Smith will, will uh, unlike a lot of guys, Smith will, you know, 
rumble and tumble and fight. And I think that was will play into uh, Bitter Reeve's hands, but I think he has to, you know, possibly uh, catch Bitter Reeve in, in some uh, nice exchanges. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to st- stop Joe Smith probably five to eight rounds. Yeah, this is a, a tough one to call, um, just based on the fact that how Bitter Beef looked in his last fight and at his age. Some of the things that you guys mentioned, um, Danny, you mentioned how in the past that Smith has benefited from facing a guy at the right moment like Hopkins. And also he faced um, Eladir Alvarez at the right time too when he fought him after a lengthy layoff as well as he was 37 at the time. I think that if Alvarez was younger, I think that he probably would have defeated and if he was more active, he probably would have defeated Joe Smith. So similarly to um, Hopkins. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention is that now one thing I do agree with Smith about is that he is faster than better be it, especially now based on what I saw. Um, he looks like he's so faster. Now, again, both of them looked a little shaky in their last fights, but it's hard to gauge that for two reasons. One, the long layoffs, as you mentioned. I don't know if it's also with better be if his age and then you got to keep in mind that he really had to get like some um extra support in terms of like his lungs like he had to like really learn how to breathe properly again after he had COVID. so i don't know if he's having lingering effects from that as well so that those are some things that we just don't know and i don't know if that could be correct it before they actually fight one another but see at his best but and then another thing i do want to mention about their last opponents it's hard to gauge that because they're both the both of the opponents that they had are boxers like adam dynas is a boxer um maxim vlasov is an awkward quirky herky jerky type boxer that's not better be if so that type of style could have just gave joe smith trouble you know what I mean? The other thing that I want to mention about Joe Smith is, and like you said, Bill, very blue collar type guy, right? And he's overcome. The other thing about him is, in addition to him catching guys at the right moment, he's also has some wins where he had several wins where he was the underdog. You know what I mean? His last fight was the first time in a long time that he really wasn't the underdog and he won by a majority decision. A lot of people think Vlasov won that fight. Or at the very least, it was a draw. But for the most part, in his fights against Fonfara, Fonfara, he was like a 30-to-1 underdog against um, Andres Fonfara, and he ended up winning that fight. He was an underdog against Hopkins, ended up winning that fight. He was an underdog against Jesse Hart. He ended up winning that fight. He was an underdog against Alvarez. I want to see like 2-to-1 underdog against Alvarez as well. So he's overcome you know, some obstacles. And this may be another case where he's catching somebody at the right time, and then he's the underdog. So... Who knows? But better be if, without a doubt, if they were like both in their primes, I would have better be if winning this fight, like you said, Bill, five to eight rounds, no doubt. If that, it might not even go that far because better be if at his best. I mean, the dude is rock solid, got good defense. He's supported by effective technique that he gained throughout the amateurs. He was a real solid amateurs, amateur, right? And then he throws. I'm saying this is at his best. He throws a variety of blows. You know, with sledgehammer, destructive power, with an impeccable ring generalship. And then also he has that 100% percent 
KO ratio. But again, the way based on him looking vulnerable, Smith looking less than stellar in his fight, um, really, I don't know who will win just based on those variables. But I'm thinking that when it's all said and done, better be if it's going to be the man with his hand raised. Last but not least, we have the seal high-tech Lomachenko, who's going to face um, Masayoshi Nakatani this summer. Um, what do you guys think is going to be the outcome of this fight? Yeah, this is an interesting fight. I actually think it's a dangerous fight for Lomachenko for a few reasons. Uh, Lomachenko is 14-2, and two, 10 KOs, uh, coming off his loss with Teofimo Lopez. Um, he, he has some wins against, um, of course, guys like uh, he has that win against Gary Russell Jr., which pretty much looks better every day. Uh, went over uh, Linares, uh, where he had a little bit of trouble. Um, Luke Campbell, um, he has also uh, lost to uh, uh, Orlando Salido uh, in his, I think it was his second fight. Um, pretty much, but I think he's on the downside. He's going against uh, Masayoshi Nakatani, uh, 19 and 1. Um, he has a win over the uh, infamous Felix Verdejo, who, which we saw uh, a few months ago. But he also has a loss to Lopez. And how this fight plays out, I, I look at both of their fights with Lopez, even though. Uh, Lomachenko, he won more rounds against Lopez than Nakatani did. I think Nakatani had a better mental battle with Lopez because Nakatani fought a fight where he didn't fight scared. He didn't give up rounds. He didn't um, even even though Lomachenko may have had more success later, I think Nakatani sold out most of the fight. So And he, took, he was able to take uh, Lopez punches uh, and took it a lot better, uh, even though you know, Lopez was tagging Nakatani. Nakatani took it better. He he was never really seen that he was, you know, scared at any point. He, um, so I think it's a mental battle that I think Nakatani uh, proved that he 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 can he's he's he can come in that fight knowing he's a little bit more tougher than Lomachenko, who I think is of course a better a lot better boxer than Nakatani. Now I think Lomachenko might have some some great success with his movements and footwork, but I also think. Uh, Lomachenko is on the downside, and I think that's uh, what's going to give him a little bit of trouble against Nakatani, who is a lot bigger, uh, uh, very, very tall. I think he's like, what, 5'10 or something like that. Um, I, I think Lomachenko is going to have a lot of trouble with with that size, and that Nakatani doesn't really, you know, he's not going to move a, a whole lot, like, and, and, you know, because uh, Lomachenko is more of like a pressure fighter, but when someone's a threat, to him, like as far as size, like they're not going to move anywhere, and they're like, like as long as Lopez proved, like someone's going to be that threat and know that he can possibly hurt you. Lomachenko, um, he, he 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 tends to lose that mental battle, and I think that might play out in Nakatani fight. Um, it's hard to say who's going to win. I I just think that Nakatani is going to give Lomachenko major trouble, and. I think Lomachenko probably would have benefited from taking probably a tune-up opponent before getting in the ring with this guy. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Nakatani upsets and wins this fight. That, I guess that would be my pick. Nakatani by upset, uh, by decision upset. I don't see it. I don't see that being a likely scenario because to me it's just such a huge gap in skill, you know, um, 
the, like you say, the biggest thing that Nakatani is going to have going for him is that he's 5'11", 71-inch reach against Vasil, who's 5'7", with a 65-and-a-half-inch reach. They both around the same age. But the only thing for Nakatani, though, is he doesn't use that. It's not like he's a boxer. He's an outboxer. He's, you know, doing that type of thing. I think that that would give Vasil more trouble if he had to worry about somebody who was, you know, punishing him with the jab. And then it was something that can come behind the jab that was a threat. With Nakatani, it's going to be more so he's an offensive fighter. And if you got somebody as skilled defensively as Lomachenko, then he's going to be able to see all of the stuff that Nakatani is going to be doing and he's going to be putting on a masterful performance. I think that this is a really good fight uh, for Lomachenko. It's going to be troubling a little bit because Nakatani does have power. So that's something that Vasil is going to have to, you know, be concerned about. Um, and he may, you know, get caught a time or two. But I just think that he's skilled enough where he should be able to win this fight um, just based on not his, just his pro experience, but just throughout his amateur experience for over 400 fights. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think that he'll um, he'll, he'll get it, get the job done. You know, Nakatani, like I say, he's very durable. Um, but how long will his body going to be able to hold up? Every time I see him, he's taking like some brutal, you know, shots that you know this has to do some type of damage to him you know what i mean and last fight i was surprised the bigger reason why i was surprised not just the fact that of this matchup where it's going to look crazy in the ring as far as the attributes that nakatani has and how small and stature that vasil is it was more so is nakatani ready after the birthday whole fight because i thought he suffered a broken orbital bone like it was something to that extent he had to be taken to the hospital you know in that Verdejo fight and this is what I'm basing it on too Verdejo was landing some serious leather on Nakatani now he was able to you know withstand it and get the victory but at the same time he took a lot of punishment in that fight and Verdejo knocked him dropped him twice um and he couldn't miss like he just couldn't miss so I'm just thinking when this fight play out, I think the likely scenario is going to be Loma is just going to be doing his in and out, and he's just going to be catching um, Nakatani. And at some point, they're going to stop the fight. So, you know, I think that when it's all said and done, that basically Lomachenko is going to be putting both hands on him, and he's going to turn uh, Nakatani into Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Yeah, man, salute to Loma for taking another challenging fight fresh off of his uh, Lopez loss and also for taking this fight in particular. Um, after he lost, I thought he was better suited at 130 and would make the move back down there where he's his best. But, um, you know, he, he he continues to dare to be great. So shout out to I, – I, I don't think this is a great matchup for him, um, to Vail's point. Um, but to Will's point, Nakatani is not a boxer and he does take a lot of damage. And I do think um although Loma's power isn't gonna be as effective, I think the movement is gonna be very effective. Um when I was looking at this fight, I I, I had to I, I didn't want to get the sensation of, of Loma's last 
lost to Cloud by Judgment because he's still Loma. And even Loma at 135 has beaten, you know, even though it's not his ideal weight class, he's still beaten um, almost all the top fighters at 135 that he has faced up to this point. Um, Lopez. Um, that said, I, I do think that although uh, Nakatani will give him trouble in spots, I do think that the difference in class will, um, you know, will have an effect. And I will give him the edge in this fight. I think he will. I think he will win by a unanimous decision. Man, y'all gotta put some respect on. Like I, I, I say, Loma is overrated, and that's just based on how they just were. Just they were just doing too much when it came to him. You know, they were adding too many extras. You know, to his his um, skill set. Now he's great. He's like I say. I, I really I could appreciate it more had they not just kind of try to force me into putting him into all time great, the all time great stratosphere. Like if they just allow me to judge and say, well, you know what, the Loma is you know, you know, in the realm of greats with you know the all-time greats like if they allow us to be able to do that then i could appreciate them more but it's just like they were pouring it on too much but at the end of the day when i look at them i just see i don't see a guy like nakatani being the one unless and i think that this is what he's looking at i think that what he's saying if i'm going to compete at 135 and i have all of these big strong 135 five pound guys I have to be able to handle a Nakatani. And if I can't handle Nakatani, then I have no business facing those guys. And so I think that that's what he's looking at. And then he'll have to make a decision moving forward if he's going to continue to campaign at 135, if he's going to go down, or if we need to hang it up. And so I think that that's the reason why Nakatani is the opponent that he's facing. Nah, that's fair. I get that. Yeah, I agree with that. I, the, the only thing I think about Lomachenko is that I think he he's at a point where I think he's become. We know over the years he's become injury prone, and he hasn't really took a real good rest. So I I do think that his body will break down, <clears throat> excuse me, eventually. And I think that it, it, this fight will probably be it. <laughs> I think, uh, I I just think sometimes the body is, is fighting these big guys like that. Will will uh, take a toll on you unless you eat some of that uh, that, uh, that 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 meat that some guys be eating. It's gonna take a toll on you. You won't recover as fast. And I think his frame, Lomachenko's frame, is very very small. And, and even though he's been incredible in what he's been doing, I think it it, it is it has taken a toll on him. Okay, yeah, he'd be looking the same to me though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I saw the same Loma out there. I just the thing that I was it just disappointed me was the fact that he just wasn't willing to throw any shots against Lopez the first half of the fight because he was worried about what was coming back as opposed to, like, making Lopez the one that was reluctant on throwing shots because you changed some angles or, you know, if he started a little bit earlier, I think he probably got Lopez out of there too. You know what I'm saying? But that's just what disappointed me in that fight. But like I said, he looked like the same moment to me. I ain't seeing any... Um, deterioration or anything like that within either his skill set or physically like he just looked the same anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap things up no sir um nothing in particular i just want to reiterate you said it earlier on but happy mother's day to the moms happy mother's day also to the moms that 
that want children but maybe can't have them or the moms that have suffered, you know, miscarriages and stillbirth or who have lost children, you know, that were alive. So happy Mother's Day to all the moms that fit into that spectrum and even, you know, whoever I may have missed, you know. Definitely, definitely. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. I don't think we can end on a better note. Um, you all have a great Monday, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. All right, peace. Peace.